Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's Foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you're not likely to find anywhere else primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. So the first round of playing games are in the books, and what did we learn? One, the three-point shot looks to be as crucial as it was during the regular season. The Pacers thumped the Charlotte Hornets in every category, but three-point shooting was definitely one of them. The Celtics outshot the Wizards 15-3 to in threes made in winning their game going away. The Grizzlies' 196 win over the Spurs came straight out of the time capsule buried in the 90s, with both teams taking a meager 22 threes and a big man, Jonas Valanciunas, being the difference maker by dominating the paint, scoring 23 points and 23 rebounds with only two of his 16 shots coming from outside the paint. The Spurs are out. And I would imagine the Grizzlies will soon follow when they play the Warriors on Friday, largely because it's really, really hard to compensate for not shooting the three, especially if you can't win the battle at the free throw line. And the Grizzlies were a miserable 13 for 24, led by Ja Morant going two for six. That will not get it done against the Warriors. But I know no one is listening to find out more about the Grizzlies dispatching the Spurs. I get it. The game at the top of the card was obviously Warriors at Lakers. The Lakers coming out, for those who are not aware, coming out on top with a 32-foot dagger of a three by LeBron James over, of all people, Steph Curry, he who is usually the deliverer of such daggers. If someone tells you this was a classic battle between two superstars in LeBron and Steph, you are free to question their definition of classic from this day forward. Because neither of them showed out during the stretch, or overall for most of the game. 
Now, I know the box score would suggest otherwise, but that's why we watch the games. Because box scores, as with all numbers, can be deceiving. But it's good to be the king. Because everyone will remember his performance a little different thanks to that last shot. Right up until it, old LeBron was having a meltdown in the clutch. Game tied at 93 all and just under four and a half minutes left. He came back into the game and immediately turned the ball over, getting a pass stolen by Draymond Green. Two minutes later, down three, he took his first shot, a missed mid-range, got the ball back thanks to a West Matthews offensive rebound, and rather than firing again, swung it to Alex Caruso for a contested corner three. Caruso hit the side of the backboard. Then came the moment I had a flashback to the 2016 NBA Finals because of. When LeBron goaded Draymond Green in Game 5 into swinging at his man parts when LeBron did him the indignity of stepping over him. Ah, Draymond was subsequently, for those who remember, was suspended for Game 6. On a drive to the basket, and we're back to last night's game, Draymond contested LeBron's layup attempt with both hands outstretched, missing the ball but appearing his hands caught LeBron in the face. LeBron landed on his butt and back, but was able to get both hands down to cushion his fall. I didn't know that when I first saw it in real time. I thought he really hurt himself, banged his head off the floor. Uh, Replay showed, though, that for a landing of that type, he was able to save himself. Now, I had two thoughts when I saw LeBron subsequently rolling around on the floor like a pro wrestler who had just been whacked over the head by a folding chair or taking a shot from an opponent's elbow who just swan-dived off the top buckle. It was that he either had bounced his head off the floor or he's doing everything he can to get Draymond booted on a flagrant. At one point, the cameras caught LeBron looking up, eyes tearing and bleary. I assume he was poked in the eye, although, one, it's hard to tell from the replays, and two, I'm sorry, but I don't trust LeBron acting like he got poked in the eye as proof. After all, earlier in the game, he reacted as if Juan Toscano Anderson hit him in the chin with his forearm, which is what the refs initially called on a drive to the basket. The Warriors challenged it, and replay showed there was no contact. Cameras also showed LeBron on the bench, pointing to his chin and raising his forearm, trying to sell the idea that he took a forearm to the chin. You talk about fake news. The call was reversed, LeBron was called for a foul, and Anderson went to the free throw line. LeBron's acting job on Draymond didn't really work either. The referees, after reviewing it, considered it, thankfully, a common foul, and LeBron went to the free throw line to shoot two free throws. Still bothered, got some eye drops in his eyes while he was, while he was down. Uh, he makes the first and then misses the second and then inexplicably fouls the warrior who grabbed the rebound. Then came the moment. Tied at 100. LeBron was not looking to be part of the play at all. 
That's why he was standing out at 32 feet. He had the ball. I'm going to say there's probably about eight seconds left on the shot clock. Soft sort of double. I'm trying to think it was Andrew Wiggins and Steph. But two players came up. Contavious called Will Pope. Dive to the basket. LeBron hit him with it. Of course, Contavious immediately got swarmed. Had no choice but to kick it back out to LeBron. Out, out at 32 feet. LeBron, in turn, had no choice but to hoist up a shot. He did, and it went in as Steph, unable to do anything more to distract him than say something as he ran toward him. I'm not even sure that LeBron saw or heard him. But after he hit the shot, he looks at Steph and says something along the lines of, I can't see. And then after the game, in the interview, uh, post-game interview, he was asked about the shot, and he said he saw three rims and shot at the middle one. I believe Mickey Mantle used that line first when he talked about playing with a massive hangover and seeing three pitched balls coming at him and hitting the middle one for a home run. C.J. McCollum, Blazers guard, by the way, had the same reaction I had, tweeting actor of the year at one point and I'm going to sleep. Three rims, followed by three laughing to tears emojis. Now, to be fair, it was as big of a shot as I've seen LeBron hit. And it shows his growth, both both as a three-point shooter and the taker and maker of games in the clutch. Save me the tweets about the statistics on how much he scores in the final five minutes or in games decided by three points or less or how he's so much more clutch than, or the numbers suggest he's so much more clutch than Jordan or Kobe. Just save save yourself the trouble because I've seen them all play. For a long time, LeBron wouldn't take shots with the game on the line. If I see one more video of LeBron's runner off the glass to beat Toronto in the playoffs and have someone go crazy over it, I'm going to strain an optic nerve rolling my eyes. The score was tied. So at worst, they were going overtime. There was no pressure to make the shot. And it was a silly shot to take. One that I assure he does not regularly practice as a go-to shot with a game on the line. It was an effort. Why not shot? Because the smarter play, and he had plenty of time, he brought the ball down court, then decided just to keep going and throw up a bank from the left side with his right hand, and it went in. Why not why why not drive and score or get fouled? Why not drive and pull up? Why not do anything more high percentage to win the game on that particular shot? Now, let's throw up a circus shot. And if it doesn't go in, so what? It's Toronto. We'll beat them in OT. That's how much pressure there was on that particular playoff shot. But All that said, no matter how you want to look at it, LeBron did Steph and Draymond Green one better. Steph and Draymond both wound up with six turnovers apiece. Three by Draymond in the fourth quarter. And one of them was a very questionable illegal screen. I think it was legit. I think it was Wes Matthews who faked it. Referees bought it. Draymond got the short stick there. But... If that was the only mistake he made, Warriors would not have lost this game. 
And in the final two and a half minutes, Steph made two free throws, a turnover, and missed an open 11-foot floater. Uh, Overall, he had twice as many turnovers as assists for the game. He could neither make a play for himself or someone else down the stretch. Those are the facts. I made a note earlier in the day that while I didn't expect the Warriors to win, I saw a path in which they could. Not because I expected Steph to go crazy against the Lakers. Because I've seen the, the opposition focus on Steph and take him away, and the Warriors still win. That's what happened in the first game that the Lakers and Warriors played this season back in January, the one game that the Warriors won. Steph was 3-for-12 from three-point range, and yet the Warriors won. They beat both the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns as part of their run in May, and Steph was a combined 4-for-24 from three-point range. The rest of the Warriors and what they've done in their stretch run has been completely overlooked in the Steph mania. In the month of May, Draymond was one rebound short of averaging a triple-double and shot 40% from three-point range, 56% overall, and 85% from the free-throw line. His numbers were astronomical. In plus-minus, he was a plus-19. Jordan Poole averaged 18 points in under 24 minutes a game in May. Andrew Wiggins averaged 22.6 points per game, shooting 52% overall and 38% from three. And their fifth-ranked defense had as much to do with their success as Steph hitting bombs from 40 feet. I know those are a lot of numbers, and you're not used to hearing me spout a lot of statistics, but I dare say you listen to any of those or you hear any of those, and it gives you an entirely different perspective on the supporting cast. The guys around him were really good. Now, it helped that Steph was drawing so much attention, but I get the feeling that a lot of people saw the Warriors at the beginning of the year when Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre Jr. couldn't make a three and they were stumbling all over the place. And if Steph wasn't going ham, then they weren't winning games. But that's not who they were at the end of the year. That's not who they were when Steph made his charge for people suggesting that he was MVP. I felt vindicated by the loss to the Lakers in the play-in game regarding what I said about the supporting cast. The supporting cast, Juan Toscano Anderson, Poole, Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Kent Bazemore, they all did their job. They got the game to a possession-by-possession contest in the final minutes. And that's when Steph and Draymond were supposed to show their championship experience and medal. That was the formula that I thought would allow the Warriors to win this game. That was the avenue. The harsh truth is, Steph and Draymond didn't come through. Now, I expect them to on Friday against the Grizzlies. I don't think they're going to have two clutch or performances in the clutch like they did. But their great opportunity to actually win a playoff series was lost by not beating the Lakers. The Suns are a matchup they could have exploited. I don't see them doing that against the Jazz, especially after having to play two gritty play-in games 
while the Jazz have been resting up. As for the Lakers, their charmed life seems to be continuing. Anthony Davis has routinely dominated DeAndre Ayton. Dennis Schroeder knows Chris Paul well, having played with him last year in Oklahoma City. There's nothing about the Suns that the Lakers shouldn't be able to handle. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please, please, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we have another play-in game tomorrow. We have the Wizards and the Pacers. I don't know how exciting that is. I'm sure we'll get some more news out of Lakerland about where they stand after this win. In any case, we'll have something more to do with the playoffs and what's going on in the NBA. Really enjoying doing this podcast on a daily basis. I hope you are enjoying that I'm doing it. And in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.